I am so grateful to be with you here today. My name is Justin LaRosa. One thing we, uh, we need to remember, we're a faith community that says and declares and proclaims that no matter where you are in your spiritual journey, no matter what you're wrestling with, no matter what you believe or don't believe, you are welcome here. We join together to make God's love real. And today we're gonna, we're gonna read a scripture from, from Ruth and I don't know about you, when I first came to church, I didn't know any of the books of the Bible very much. I knew a little bit about Jesus, but I didn't know these Old Testament characters. I didn't know. People would talk about these different books, and I didn't know. So I'm going to read these two verses, and then I'm going to give you some backstory in a little while. But um, hear the word of God from the Common English Bible, Ruth chapter 1, and it's two ver- uh, three verses, 16, 17, and 18. But Ruth replied, Don't urge me to abandon you. Turn back from following after you. Wherever you go, I will go. When wherever you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people. And your God will be my God. Wherever you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord do this to me. And more so, even if death separates me from you. When Naomi saw that Ruth was determined to go with her, She stopped speaking to her about it. The word of God for the world. Thanks be to God. So this scripture today describes a difficult transition that those three women were going through. And I'll talk about that in a little bit. But here's the thing. I'm quite sure that you all have gone through difficult transitions. Difficult times in your life. Difficult seasons. Something hard in your life that you had to navigate, that you had to experience, that you had to go through, where you had fear about the future, you had anxiety about the present, and you had maybe even shame about the past. We all deal with difficult transitions. So, I want you to, again, close your eyes. We don't close our eyes very often in the service, but we've done it twice today. But just one more moment. I want you to visualize a person who helped you through your difficult transition, who walked with you in your time of need, and whose presence served as a flicker of light in the darkness. picture their face does everyone have it okay open your eyes so I want you to turn to your neighbor either the person you came with or the people near you and I want you to share quickly we're just going to take a minute or two who was that person who displayed loyalty and love when you were suffering You just got a minute, go, turn to somebody nearby and talk to them about it, just quickly.
Okay. Shout out some of the names of the people in your life. Just shout them out. Who are they? Who helped you? All right. Your wife. Brownie points, brownie points. Nice work. That man is smart. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to take out your insert if you haven't. I want you to write that name of that person unless they're sitting next to you. Um, and uh, I want you to reach out to them this week. I want you to tell them how they helped you. And if they're not available, and if they're past, or you have no way to contact them, I just want you to say a prayer sometime today in gift of gratitude for their life. Because I'm hoping each one of you has had the experience of a person who showed up and who was most present in your desperate hour. Because people like that, and I, this is what I believe, people like that change the world. They transform it. So we're in Lent, and f many church people know what that is, but sometimes not everybody does, and that's okay. So Lent are those 40 days, not including Sundays, that precede Easter, that prepare us, that Christians for centuries have kind of prepared by fasting or um, confessing or adding a spiritual practice in to prepare them for uh, Jesus uh, being risen in Easter. And so we do that here, and our sermon series is going to be about character traits that God wants to develop in us so that we can live out our mission better. And our mission is to make God's love real, to make disciples um, who love others, and then teach others to follow Jesus by loving God and loving all. And so today is about loyalty. God calls you and God calls me and us to be loyal to God, to family, to church, to the community, to our neighbor, to our enemies. We don't, we don't like that part. But God is calling us to be loyal, to love. And that's what loyalty and love means. So there's no better Old Testament story than Ruth and Naomi that demonstrates how we can live loyalty no matter what's going on in our lives, no matter what is happening. So you see, Ruth displays loyalty and love while Naomi is suffering mightily, as well as anybody else in Scripture. She, she shows this loyalty. The words that you heard was when Naomi was in a pit of despair. I'm going to explain. I'm going to give you the backstory here in a moment. Because Ruth tells Naomi, I'm not leaving you, no matter what. I'm not leaving you. Why is that loyal? Here's the story. So Ruth is Naomi's daughter-in-law. And Ruth is speaking these words to her when Naomi is trying to convince her to not come with her. Those are the words that you heard. I'm going to read them again in a moment. So Naomi, so here's the backstory. Bethlehem, Bethlehem, they're there. Naomi, her husband, two sons. They're in Israel and there's a big old famine right? They understandably don't know what to do. There's no food there. They take off. They, they travel a little bit around the Dead Sea and they land in the land of Moab. Moab is modern day Jordan. So they would be like from Israel down to Jordan, right? But here's the issue. Moab is a place that butts head with Israel a lot. They're, they're enemies, right? So they would have served as foreigners in 
a foreign country and maybe not the most welcoming of lands. So they live as foreigners and everything's going fine until it's not going fine. Then something happens first to Naomi. Her husband dies. Okay? So that, that's pretty hard for a woman in that, in that time. But her husband times the, dies. The good news is she has her two sons. Her two sons would take care of their widow mom. Like even in our culture. But even more so then. So these two sons take foreign wives. Moabite wives. Which they probably weren't allowed to do uh, in the law. But they did anyway. So they married these two. And their names were Ruth... And Orpah. You say Orpah with me? Did you know that uh, Oprah Winfrey's name was supposed to be Orpah, but the dad screwed up the spelling, so it became Oprah? You'll never forget that. I didn't find that out. Somebody just told me after the chapel service. So there you go. I need to double check that. But I think that's true. We're going to go with it. Allegedly. I heard on the internet... um, So they take these Moab wives, Ruth and Orpah. And then here's the thing. Tragedy strikes again. Both of those guys die. So now you have Naomi, who's a widow. And you have Orpah, who's a widow. And you have Ruth, who's a widow in Moab. They faced, they all faced a grim an uncertain future. But Naomi's future would have been the worst out of all three. She had nothing. Her life was in peril. Her survival it was in question. A widow who couldn't bear children anymore was seen as the lowest of society. They had to live off the generosity of others. There were no safety nets in that time and in that culture. Um, and the other thing is, if we remember, Naomi is a Jew and she's living in Moab. So her prospects would have been slim to nil. And that's, that's, that's pretty big. Yet, Naomi knew that her daughter-in-laws, Orpah and Ruth, should stay in Moab. Should not accompany her to Israel because they are of mixed, right? They were from Moab. That was their country. They could still bear children and they'd have a better opportunity in Moab to find a husband without her as the third wheel, right? That would have weighed them down a good bit. So it's remarkable now that Naomi, older, broken, uncertain future, could see past her own circumstances and say to her daughters-in-law, leave me and go. That's loyalty too, for sure. So there we go. That, that gets us right to where about we are in the scripture. That's the background. Um, and Orpah and Ruth insist that they go with Naomi back to Israel. But Naomi refuses that help. She does, Orpah does the logical thing. She does the logical thing. She's being shunned. Her help is being shunned. So what does she do? She stays. She goes back to Moab. She doesn't accompany her on the way. And we never hear from her ever again in scripture. She kind of fades into history. And then there's Ruth. Then there's Ruth. Ruth makes a different decision. 
and her path would be the pathway of fierce loyalty. Now, I want you to listen to those words, which may have not been as powerful as they could knowing this story in intimate detail in the context surrounding. Hear hear these words again. Naomi is saying, Ruth, you're not gonna come with me. But Ruth said, do not press me to leave you or to turn back from following you. Where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. There I will be buried. May the Lord do thus and so to me and more as well. Even if death parts me from you. You see, God uses Ruth's loyalty to not only change Naomi's life, but also to alter the course of history for you and for me. God used that decision, enabled that decision, inspired that decision, and that decision has impacted you and me today. And you might be wondering how a Moab woman's decision around 1300 BC could have impacted you. Somebody who had no power, no status, who would have been lowest on the totem pole is actually impacting us today. I'm going to tell you, but not yet. Ruth's fierce loyalty to Naomi would not let her go through darkness alone. In the Christian lingo, in the Christian church word, we call this the ministry of presence. It sounds very churchy too. The ministry of presence. But what it really means is showing up when nobody else will. That's what it means. It means walking with people when it's hard. Because it's important. And Paul the apostle tells us in 1 Corinthians that when any of us suffer, we all suffer because we're all part of the body of Christ. The ministry of presence, of loyalty to others is something we all need to experience and we are all called to give to others. So each one of you named somebody in your life that was loyal. Right? Who's gonna put your name on that list? I want to uh, share with you my own my own people, my own Ruth, so to speak. And the good news, I find that when we're in our darkest hour or hours or days or seasons or years or whatever is going on in our life, God often sends us people like Ruth. But what do we do sometimes, right? I don't need your help, I'm good. Don't need your help, I'm good. Fine. I don't need your help. You don't want to be vulnerable. But God often sends us people when we most need it. So I want to tell you about my Ruth, my person. They appeared when I was in a dark hole and my life was on the precipice of ruin. I was in drug treatment in uh, Aliquippa, Pennsylvania. Um, I had a court date on the horizon that didn't look like it was going to go very well. It was not trending well. My, my mental state was unstable. I had, crippled, I had crippling depression, which I had never had before. And I had 
super anxiety about the future. And with only a couple of weeks of sobriety un, under my belt, I'm in drug treatment, and I got nowhere to go. I'm not welcome at home. I can't go back to my house. I, if I go back to Penn State, it's over. Because I already tried that to go back and kind of calm down. It, I, it would have spelled doom. I would have never been able to stay sober. I know that for a fact. And I wasn't welcome anywhere else. But as God often does, God sent help from an unlikely source. My girlfriend's aunt and uncle, whom I only, only met one time uh, a couple of months previous. And they lived in the very strange and weird land of Pinellas County, right near Innisbrook in Florida. They opened their home and their heart to me, to a broken, drug-addicted, and unstable 22-year-old. And even though my relationship with their niece was as good as doomed, even though, even though that she was pregnant, they had a three-year-old, and they had a small house right there near Innisbrook, they took me in. I got out of treatment and got on a plane, literally from treatment in Aliquippa to the Pittsburgh airport down to here. They were my Ruth. And they changed the course and the trajectory of my life forever. They declared to me what Ruth declared to Naomi. I will go where you go. And without them, I would never be standing here before you. God used their decision to change the trajectory of my life and my family's life forever. So you have that Ruth in your life. I invite you to reach out to them this week, to email them, to call them, to send them a card, to let them know how much they blessed you. But there's another question. We, we have Ruths in our lives. If you don't have Ruth, pray for one. God will send it. But there's another question that looms kind of large. It's important for us as followers of Christ. It's important for us as Hyde Park United Methodist people. And it's this. Who's your Naomi? Who's your Naomi? To cultivate the character trait of fierce loyalty, we must find ways to be a Ruth to others. So that means we need Naomi's. We need to find them and we need to walk with them. We must take the journey and go where they go. Now, I'm not suggesting that you ought to solve everybody's problems or become codependent or get real needy to solve somebody else's issues in their life. But God is calling you through the ministry of presence to say, I will go with you where you go. I will walk where you walk and I will love you when it's very, very hard. Everybody can live in hope and be that hope for somebody in darkness even if we have dark circumstances going on in our lives. Because we are called to people who are suffering we are called to people who are in desperate circumstances and through loyalty, here's the cool thing, God will meet them through you.
and you might just introduce somebody to the love of God found in Jesus Christ. Christ gets proclaimed when we live that way. And there are some examples. Some of you might already have those people in your lives. You're like, I already know who my Naomi is. I'm walking with them. But if you don't have that, pray. God will reveal it to you. Secondly, if you need to find a a group of Naomi's, there are ways to serve in ministry where you can walk with people. We have open arms every, every Sunday. The Portico Workforce Housing has six men. We are looking for men, uh, mentors to walk with these guys. We're looking for somebody to transport them uh, at least once a month down to the Portico for Sunday night because none of them have cars. You know, there are ways that you can walk with people and show up and walk alongside. You could go to Dunbar Elementary with our partner school and read. We will help you find your place. The story, this story compels us. And this is your Lenten challenge. This is a Lenten challenge. This is an invitation for you to walk out of this place to do this one thing. Find a Naomi and be a Ruth. That's our Lenten challenge. And we will help you. So that's all lovely and great, isn't it? Eh, maybe, right? So how does this matter? How does this all matter. So what? Here's why it matters. Remember how I asserted that Ruth's fierce loyalty in 1300 BC changed the course of history? Ruth came through on her promise to Naomi. She went to Israel. She let go of her pagan gods. She became a Jew by choice. She left her lifelong home to follow Naomi. But she eventually met this guy named Boaz. She married him and had a child. And Ruth would become the great grandmother of King David of Israel. Which means it relates to you. Because down that line, she is the Gentile ancestor of Jesus of Nazareth. That means her decision to go where you will go, to follow wherever she went, to die where she died, brought about God's plan of salvation for the world here and now and later. And that's true for you and me too. God has chosen you. God has chosen me. God has chosen us. God has chosen this church to usher in God's transformation of the world and you might never know you might never know it might be centuries or generations where your decision to walk with someone alters the course of history for good and for God brothers and sisters find a Naomi and be a Ruth and God will change the world let's pray God of light and of love We give thanks for the people who have been fiercely loyal to us, for the ways in which they have loved us, the way they in the ways in which they have walked with us. Help us to be Naomi and Ruth people, to welcome in the Ruths in our lives when we need it, and to find the Naomi so we can participate in your transformation of the world. We ask all these things in the power, in the name of the God the Father, Jesus the Son. 
and the Holy Spirit. Amen.